the Sicha on Hanukkah, the first Sicha on Hanukkah, a summary of the Sicha. We say in the Neiros Alolu three expressions. We light these candles, these lights, Allah for Hashem helping us, Allah Nisim for the miracles, and for the wonderful events that happened, wondrous events that happened. Then at the end of the Neiros Alolu, we say, we use the th- three, same three terms, but we, uh, we change the order. We say We thank and praise your great name. Al for your miracles. Al for your wondrous events. Al and for having helped us. So we put Yeshua Secha at the end instead of at the beginning. So we have to understand why do we change the order? The fact that in Anera Sololu, which is the prayer that we say when we light the Hanukkah lights, and we mention over there not only Nisecha not only the miracles, which of course would relate to the oil having lasted for eight days, but we also say Yeshua Secha and Nifloi Secha, which are the other miracles that happened around Hanukkah. So the fact that we say it when we light the Hanukkah lights, that means that the lighting of the Hanukkah lights also are there in order to commemorate all those other miracles, like for instance the winning of the war, and so on. Which explains a question that could be asked. Why is it that on Purim we read the Megillah to commemorate the events of Purim both at night and during the day? But the, uh, the prayer that we say on, on Hanukkah, which is al which we say in Shemin Esra and in Benching, the night of Hanukkah, we know that Mayriv, the, the Mayriv service, is really considered to be an optional service. And there's no mitzvah that you have to dafka wash and eat a meal on the night of Hanukkah. So it's Theoretically, it's possible that a yid should not say Va'alanisim at all at night. So why is it that there is no obligation to say Va'alanisim at night to commemorate the event, the miracle of the war, whereas we do have a, uh, at night, where we do have an obligation to commemorate the miracle of Purim at night? And this answers it, because the lighting of the menorah is also to commemorate the war. So we are actually commemorating the war and lighting candles is another way of commemoration as we find that people will donate uh, candles for the shul and this was a way of thanking Hashem for his uh, kindness in a certain, uh, to a certain person so to get back to the order the reason that we change the order is because at the beginning we're talking about the miracles that you did for our fathers in those days and the miracles as they occurred was first al Yeshuas, uh, al Achuas, and then was al Anisim, and then was al Aniflois. But by the end of al Anisim, we say Lahaydas Lahalal that we are obligated to thank and praise Hashem for all those things. So we say it in a, in the way in the order by which we are driven, by, we, by which we are motivated to thank Hashem. And there the order is different. We're first motivated by Nisim then by Neflois and then by Yeshua's. So to explain, what is the difference between Yeshua's, Nisim and Neflois? They all talk about ways in which Hashem helps us. So what is the difference between them? A Yeshua means there could be a situation in which there is a 50-50 chance that a person will be helped or will not be helped. For instance, if there is a war between uh, the Jewish people, let's say, and an equally powerful army. They have the similar amount of soldiers, similar technology, similar training, and so on. And so it could go either way. 
and Hashem helps and we win the war so it could be considered a natural thing of course you would expect that one of them is going to win sometimes this one, sometimes that one this time the Jewish people won but you don't see the miracle that happened it's a Yeshua, you need Hashem's help to make sure that you are the one that wins but it's not an, uh, a supernatural event then there is a Ness which it means a supernatural thing if there is a small army and with very little uh, technology and little training and then comes a huge army like the Greeks and they had all the latest in technology at the time elephants and so on and they had the training and the, the small Jewish army wins that is a supernatural event that's called a, a Ness a miracle and then there is Niflois it's not a supernatural miracle it's also not nature as it just goes on and there was a t- and you would expect that to happen it's something that was oh my god did you see that that is so that's so amazing that that happened totally unexpected but not supernatural the Rebbe brings an example for this the Alter Rebbe got out of prison it took a lot of uh, effort on the, there were many ministers involved and in uh, trying to uh, petition on his behalf a lot of effort was put in but at the same time the, it was it was unexpected that somebody that the Russian government would release uh, a prisoner that they had arrested with the black wagon and so on so the Alter Rebbe called it it was a, a hifli Hashem did an, um, uh, an amazing thing that he, he got released so how do we how do these things play out in the story of Hanukkah at the beginning the very first event that happened was that in the small town of Medin where the Hashmanoi where uh, Matashel and his sons lived the Greeks, there was a small contingent of Greeks that wanted to bring, or Bisyavnim even, the people that were like sort of, the Jewish people that were close to the Greeks, and they wanted to bring a pig as a carbon. So the Hashmanoim said, absolutely not, and they, they killed the person that wanted to do it, and they got away with it. So there was a Yeshua, it wasn't that they fought against the mighty Greek army, there were very little Greeks there. But Hashem helped, and it blew over, and life went on so the first event was a Yeshua then it escalated and it became a full-blown war and the small Jewish army won over the mighty Greek army so that was a Nisim then came the, they, they won the war and they went into the Beis and they were looking for the oil to be able to light them in the air and it was all defiled and they found one small one cruise of oil one jar of oil which somehow the Greeks had missed and you can't say that it's an absolute miracle and if you want to be stubborn you could say no they just missed it they didn't see it especially the way Tesis explains that they must have found it somewhere buried under the ground because otherwise it would be a question of you don't know for sure that it wasn't Tomei because if a Greek would have moved it even though it was sealed inside the jar it would still become Tomei as the halach is so therefore he says it must have been under the ground so therefore you could say well it was under the ground, they didn't notice it there was a, a, a room designated for oil, that's where they went in order to defile the oil this one escaped their notice, you could say that but it's amazing that one jar did escape their notice so it is a niflois it's a wondrous thing, but it's not an absolute miracle, also not just pure nature as it just goes on so therefore that is the level that's the order in which it happened of course afterwards there were more miracles and more Yeshua's and so on, but the beginning of the events go in that order Yeshua's, Valanisim, Valanin Flois. 
But then, when it comes to the end of the Haneris uh, Alolu, uh, where we're saying, therefore, we want to thank and praise your great name. We go in order of what makes us feel thankful. The first thing is on Nisim, things which are obviously miracles, that's clearly from Hashem, that we thank Hashem first. That's the thing that we would first uh, choose to thank Hashem for. And then comes Nifla Secha the wondrous things, in other words, you don't expect that to happen, but it did happen, it's not clearly a miracle, but it's also not business as usual, so we thank Hashem for that too. And then comes the, uh, for the Yeshua's, those things which, it's hard to identify as a miracle, it almost seems like it's natural. And so, but we, when you look a little deeper, you know that we owe Hashem thanks for that as well, because He is the one that made it all happen. And that's why we change the order at the end from the order that it happened, that uh, how we had it in the beginning. To look at it a little bit more deeply, these different categories of miracles. The truth is that for a yid, even those things that happen through nature that seem to be completely natural, Hashem's conduct with the Jewish people is always from a source of beyond nature. Hashem treats the yid in a supernatural way, even though it seems it comes through the mask of nature that's only because it invests itself through nature but it comes, it sources from beyond nature that's everything that happens for a Yid and that's what a Yid's attitude has to be your eyes always have to be open that whatever happens for you is happening in a supernatural way it seems to be natural you see right through it that's just how it seems to be but the the truth is that Hashem is conducting himself with you at every moment in a supernatural way that's, what, uh, that's how we explain what our sages tell us that a Yid plants because he believes in Hashem he believes that Hashem will make his, uh, his grain grow that's why he plants his field the question is a guy doesn't plant his field a guy also plants his field the difference is a guy plants his field because he believes in nature a Yid doesn't rely on nature. He knows that Hashem is conducting Himself with him in a supernatural way. Why do I plant my field? Because Hashem will make a miracle and the, the, and the uh, wheat will grow. Now, which of these miracles is greater? So, Chassidus explains that the highest levels are always expressed and revealed in the very lowest places. The lower the place in order to have a flow from above it has to come from a higher level only a higher level can reach to the very lowest level so when there is an open miracle what that means is that it comes from a place which is called Giluyim not from the essence of Hashem from something out uh, removed from Him which is the way He reveals Himself and therefore the miracle happens in a way that's revealed because that path is the path of revelation Hashem is revealing Himself, so the miracles are revealed in an obvious way. Then there is a higher level, which is closer to the essence of Hashem, within the essence of a closer to the essence of Hashem, as I said. So that comes as a, a wondrous event. It's not obviously a miracle, but at the same time, you can't ignore that this is something beyond than what you would have expected. So it's not absolutely revealed, but it is connected it has some sort of a connection to Revelation and therefore ultimately you get to understand that there was something wondrous that happened here so it comes from a deeper level within Hashem but not in the place which is completely beyond Revelation it's connected to Revelation although not in the absolute place of Revelation 
a deeper level of godliness. And then there is what comes from the very essence of Hashem, which is completely removed from being able to re- be revealed at all. And that is <coughs> revealed in nature itself. The place where you can't see at all that it comes from Hashem, what happens there is because it comes from the very essence of Hashem, from the very innermost place of Hashem, the closest to Him and to His essence, that is revealed in nature. But it takes Jewish eyes to be able to understand that what we are receiving in the natural way is because it comes from the very essence of Hashem and that's what we understand that Hashem is always conducting Himself with us in a miraculous way and the fact that it all seems natural only means that it comes from the very essence of Hashem in the highest place possible.